I really want to do a podcast that's going to be called After the Mic's Off because most of the amazing things that I get all happen after it's over. Welcome to the Backyards of Key West podcast with your host, Mark Barato. Welcome to the Backyards of Key West podcast. Um, I am in Mockingbird Studio. Is that where I am? That's where you're at. So in Mockingbird Studio, and I am speaking with Eric. Eric, pronounce your last name because I don't want to butcher it. No, no, everyone does. Okay. it's Eric Anfinson. And, oh yeah, that would have been butchered like, yeah. like at the local butcher shop yeah. over here it would have Absolutely. been massacred. Absolutely. So, we I encountered your art through Instagram, like a lot of people nowadays, okay. through a mutual friend of ours, and she said that I have to come and, and interview you. So let's start with how long you've been in Key West. I've been in Key West a little bit under twenty years. And I uh, came down for, you know, a visit for a weekend thing. From where? Where? Where is well, the origin story begin? Well, the well the origin story began in Boulder, but I was visiting my parents who were almost retired, and they were staying in Naples. Okay. And uh, Naples is 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 nice, mm-hmm. but it wasn't for me. Right. And so uh, we had the holidays with them and drove down for the weekend, and uh, I was in, we were invited to a going away party down here the day we got here. Right. And uh, that party was so impactful on me. I mm-hmm. think it was on Petronia Street, up just up from Blue Heaven, right by Besamamucho. Right. And a little place called Maskerville, uh-huh. which is no longer, but it was a pivotal part of, um, of uh, the costumes in Key West. Right. Uh, and I felt like it was on a movie set. Wow. It was, it, was, it was surreal. The music went out to the street. Everyone who was walking along thought there was a party. Yeah. And I thought, this is just, this is. This, this is too much. I yeah. love it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you first hear about Key West? Because for me, I was living in Miami. So of course, you, you know about it because it's only three and a half hours drive. Right. And when I, was, when I was living, when I first came to Miami, I was in college. So I went to University of Miami and it was like, hey, you got to go party and on Duval Street and all these things. So it was more like go there to party. Right. And that's how I knew about it. But it would be, when I grew up in New York, there was no mention of Key West like ever. Like I didn't know there was anything south of of Miami at all. So it's funny how people, especially twenty years ago in Colorado, was it friends? I mean, I'm I'm sure it had somebody to do uh, with someone we met in Naples. Okay, so someone you met is like, hey, we're having this party. It- oh no, no, that that those sorry, the, those people were in in Denver, so I knew them. They had a um, a guest house on Thomas Street in wow. Bahama Village. Okay. And so they said, well, if you're going there, you know, you we're having a party, you got to come. All right. So you were planning on coming just to visit because you're in Florida and you're like, hey, we might as well tour this place. Yeah. And we, and we stumbled upon this invitation and we stumbled upon this group of people who yeah. actually became friends for many, many years. Mm. Super interesting. I, I love the origin story of, of why people found their way here and then also why they got into what they do. So right. you're obviously an artist. This is a beautiful studio. Um, I particularly like the fact that it's here instead of on Duval Street or in the thick of everything because, I don't know, it's just it's very peaceful. Where I guess this is like a story up, right? Uh, maybe when we, when we built the studio, it had to be six feet above water. Mm. And that was the new... The, the new coating. The new coating, yeah. So. 
Um, this is. It's like a little tree house in a way. It is a tree house. Yeah. Um, there's beautiful, just to paint the picture, there's beautiful um, canopy of trees. So you have like light trickling in. That's a big old gumbo limbo. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what that was, but I. it's like almost like one of those paper trees, right? Like it looks like the bark comes off. Well, they call it the tourist tree. The tourist tree? Because it turns red and peels. <laughs> it's a terrible <laughs> joke, but it's been around for a long time. Oh my time. God. That was so good. I'm going to yeah. start that podcast with that one right yeah. there. Um, so you, you come up here and you're in the little tree house and there's just this beautiful art all over here. And what I'm seeing right off the bat, because maybe you heard for some of my other podcasts, I like to do the, the most minimal amount of research on someone before I interview them so that it is a relatable conversation. And it looks like there's a lot of portraits. Are I, these I, real people or from your mind? Most of them are real, and then some of them are improvised. Hmm. Uh, you realize that you're kind of the Johnny Carson of the podcast then. Yeah. Because he would never talk in on commercial breaks. Really? I didn't know that. Because he didn't want to disrupt the conversation. Yeah. He didn't want to lose anything that the audience might love. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I, I like that. I like that approach. I, I do too. I do too. Um, I don't know. I want to learn about you here with us talking, and that's what's important to me, and then hopefully people get that from listening as well. Well, Mockingbird Studio, I'll, I'll give you the orange story yes. of Mockingbird. Uh, I moved to Key West, and I was not painting at the time. Mm-hmm. I had a, uh, I'd taken a, I got here in my early 30s, and I'd lived in Boulder for about 12 years before this. Mm-hmm. And I took a figure drawing class just because I ought, you know. Just to take just it. Just to take it. And it was wretched. I mean, I was miserably bad. Mm-hmm. But I fell in love with the process. I never had seen uh, respect as much as respect as I've seen in this room. Mm. The subject came out, people are have their behind their easels, they're drawing. The amount of respect, the amount of um uh, it was just it was magical. And I said, I need I need I need this. I've been le- looking for something, but then that's what clicked. So were you artistic at all as a kid? Yeah, I was as a kid I was. I mean I would be drawing a lot and there was a, a you know art class I always excelled in. But I was you know I was a knucklehead, I was a jock. Mm. You know, and uh you know you the, um, some of the listeners don't know this, but I'm in a, I'm a quadriplegic, uh-huh. and I was injured playing football when I was 16. Wow! So I broke uh, my neck was broken, and um, it was one of those things where it's like it, it changes your trajectory. I guess yeah, you'd say. yeah. So um, had I had more of an art base, I think there would have been it would have been a sooner exit onto that path. Mm. But uh, there's a, many many missing years in between then. Yeah, I mean. I'm always a big believer of um, we don't have time machines here, so we don't know what what would happen if this didn't happen then or that didn't happen. It is what it is, and this is right. what we deal with. So you say quadriplegic, but I I see you're able to move your hands. Uh, I can move my arms. Your arms you can yeah. move. So then explain to the people listening, how do you paint? Uh, well, I, I hold the brush in uh, with my hand, mm-hmm. but then I paint with my by moving my arm. So... There's a famous artist named Chuck Close, uh-huh. and he's one of America's most well-known painters. Uh-huh. He does these massive nine-by-six paintings that are at MoMA and Madden all over the world. Well, he on this interview, he cleared it up for me, uh, not with him, but I was watching the interview. Right. Uh, he can't draw because he, it takes dexterity in your fingers to write, Right. but you paint from your shoulder. Mm. So even though I can't draw, like I took this class and I couldn't draw to save my life, I didn't realize I could paint because it's a different process. It's the same limbs, but you're moving uh, you're moving the brush with a, your full arm. Right. 
And um, but you have enough strength in your hand to to grip the brush. Well, I had a surgery year early on. Okay, and that the thing it's called a tenodesis grip. Okay, and so you just it's so the same thing as I hold my fork with and things like that. Right. So it's like a more like a gentle grip. Yeah. Like not cracking an egg, but able to hold an egg kind Correct. of grip. Okay. Exactly. And if you don't mind me asking, how what how did the injury happen? So um, you were playing football, but was it like head-on-head collision? Did somebody hit you from the back? No, I, I was making the tackle. And uh, it was just the way it lined up. that It, it just happened. Bad, yeah. Wow. But it was a Friday the 13th. Oh. Yeah. And you did make the tackle, though. Well, that's, all that stuff. <laughs> did you win the game? Did you win the game? Uh, you know, actually, I, can't, I, I don't remember. I, th- I think so, maybe. So you, you blocked out and then... No, won- no, I was conscious, but the, there's this... Uh, 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 the, I mean, I was all in... When it came to sports, I yeah, mean, it was completely. Intense. You were like, "I'm going to play college and and maybe well, professional football." I mean, that's what every kid thinks. That, yeah, right? of course. So, uh, but afterwards, uh, the sport, you look at it a, a bit differently, obviously. Of course. And so, years later, so it's like almost like it's a uh, did you win doesn't even come into the play right. anymore. Right. Um, the other things that are more important, obviously. Come, yeah. Heck come yeah. Forward. So. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, I, I honestly don't. I don't think we did win. Maybe we did. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to be. You know. <laughs> no, I mean, like that's. I'm. I'm sure that was the last thing you were thinking after the well, accident. I'm sure I, I heard. I'm, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, I was. At, excuse me. I was in the hospital for seven months. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it was life or death, and mm-hmm. for a long time. And, wow. Um, you know, the good thing about I grew up in Austin, Minnesota, mm-hmm. and that's where they make spam. Uh huh. And my granddad, he worked at the plant, and my father was a treasurer for the foundation. So, you know, call it a company town, and I was it was heavily involved with that. Right. Um, so it was important to graduate the class and get back into life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so to get to whatever normal might be. Right. And so uh, after at 16, you know, the first thing you do is you try to graduate with your class. And then after that, you know, you go from there. Um Many years later, I ended up in um, in Boulder, mm-hmm. uh, and, but that's and that's where I took that one class. The, the, the so, and class. what what was your pull to that class? Uh, other than anatomy, yeah, I mean, that's it, it's there's something incredibly sensual about drawing the human figure, right? And um, I didn't know, and uh, but were people like, did you tell people you were going to do this, and they're like, come on, like. I mean, I'm sure, well, you look, have, let's be realistic. People are always, especially your friends and family are the most supportive, but are people like, listen, uh, I don't know if this is going to be good for you. And the reason I ask these questions is because I'm looking at the most beautiful art that I couldn't paint and so many people couldn't paint. And I don't want people to think because of any circumstance, mm-hmm. you need to give up. So before we even right. get into that, I sure. want to know that. What was the support system when you're like, I want to go do this? Well, that that came many years later, and mm-hmm. um, the uh, but the support system immediately was a remarkable community, you know, very similar to what we have here in Key West. Mm-hmm. You know, the island takes care of itself. You right. Know, we'll talk about that. Uh, s- small towns throughout the world do the same thing. Yeah. You know, especially Midwest people. Yeah, for sure. They just take care of each other. Yeah. So there was a, an automatic uh, place to go back into. Right. And so that support system was there. My family is an amazing family. Mm. Uh, my parents are, are are still alive; they're still with us, and and they're doing amazing things. My sisters are beautiful people doing right. amazing things, and so, you know, in all that kind of stuff, I'm blessed. Yeah. So, I didn't have excuses not to do things. Right. They didn't. They didn't let you. 
get away with those excuses? Because oh, I know man, I'm thinking my from s- my perspective, I would be having excuses. All the things I did to my sisters growing up <laughs> came back tenfold. Oh, I bet. Worse than you can ever yeah. imagine. They just sat back and enjoyed it for yeah. a long ass time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we come from very hardworking people. Mm. And uh, that's, you put your mind to something, you just go ahead and do it. Right. There's no in between. There's right. like, well, there's just doing. You're either a bum or not. Yeah. And so it's like, you, you know, you, you don't want to let people down. Right. Because, you know, they're talking about uh, the amount of people that send you good wishes and the, the amount of people who support you on a daily basis. Yeah. You don't want to let people down in some sense, but then at the same time, we only have so many days. Mm-hmm. Make it make the days count. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to this comedian, and he he really hit a spark with because I you know I'm always a big believer. I'm 45 years old. I'm like, oh my god, like I have a whole full another life to live. Right, right. But then he was joking around and being like, okay, you're you're 45 years old. You have 55 summers left. Right. For if you're living up north, right. right? Or like 55 Christmases or holidays. And you're like, Ooh, it's really, you put it that way. It it, it speeds it up a little bit. Right. So then break it down into days. Yeah. I know that really messes with your head. I know. I know. So after the accident, did you think, you know, you go through everything and now you're out and are you like, what am I going to do with my life as far as a career? Sure. I mean, because that's the first thing that you're, of course you're like, okay, now I'm back to my normal life. What am I going to do? And, and, and uh, you go to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to college. Uh, took up uh, marketing and uh, some psychology. Uh-huh. Was terrible at school. Right. Was never very good at it. Uh, got through, um, but then uh, uh, what? After that, you know, I didn't graduate, but uh, went to a number of years of college. Then I went to Los Angeles to go to this physical therapy thing, uh-huh. and it was a year long. And when you go from south uh, uh, southern Minnesota. To South Central LA, yeah, it's a change for sure. And it was the best education I could have ever had. Mm. I was people education. People, oh my gosh, the world is bigger than you think. Yep, and smaller than you think because a neighborhood's a neighborhood, right? And uh, I loved living out there. Yeah, but I knew the city was too big at that time for what I wanted. And so after a year out there, I drove back with uh, and found Boulder. It was like somewhere in between. Right. It was February. People were still in the bike paths. Yeah. And in shorts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, and so uh, I found the location before I found what I wanted to do. Mm, okay, so you found the location, which gave you inspiration, and then you read about or heard about this art class, right, which was... Um, about 10 years later, yeah. 10 years later, yeah. and then you go in there, and you didn't take any classes as far as learning even how to hold the brush correctly yeah. or, or any of that stuff. You go in there, you start doing it, and you're like, this is horrible. Just like if I did it, it would be just as horrible. And But the process is what you began to get addicted to and have the love for. It was almost like going to church. Actually, it is mm. church for me. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, I was raised in a Methodist church, yeah. and, and you know, nice people and, and whatever, but at the same time, it never really touched me. The, the institutionalized uh, religion yeah. just didn't work for me. Right. I mean, I get it. But it doesn't do it for me on that some, you know, other than, a, I guess you'd say a, a superficial level for yeah, me. Right. That's what was different in this room. I don't, I can't explain it beyond the, beyond it being magical. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the models varied from, from middle-aged men to young women and all the rest and everywhere in between. But the respect didn't change. Yeah. The approach didn't change. And uh, just the awe of it all. Yeah. 
It's your most basic thing. Right. Right. I guess you're, I mean, I'm just trying to picture it in my head. If I was doing this, Mm -hmm. the way I'm viewing that person as well Mm -hmm. is different. Some person, some object, some contour, some looking deep at crevices and and all shapes. Right. Instead of like, how deeply do you really look at somebody? If you're doing this, what are they, an hour long, those classes? Typically, yeah. Yeah, so if you're doing an hour and you're really, you're not just staring at the person, but you're also drawing, so you really are painting, you really have to stare even more. Well, the person goes away. Oh, they do. In a lot of ways. If you think about it, if you're, if you're trying to get a hip. Right. It's no right. longer a hip. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's an object. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a curve. It's a shape. It's, mm. those, it's all those kind of things. And um, the thing that I think was more uh, impactful than anything else was the actual subject's mm. willingness and uh, being gracious, saying, okay, look at me. Yeah. That's something we don't do. Right. I mean, right. it's just, it's, uh, and I had never experienced anything like that. And then, because I'm sure from what I, my limited knowledge in painting is that the face is one of the hardest parts to paint because there's life and expression and all of that in there. Um, when you were painting these people, were you able to see certain emotions coming out? I'm sure they just weren't like mannequin faces. Some would argue that at first, yeah. yeah. Because it's a skill level that you develop over time. Yeah. And um, there's a... There's there's a couple different ways to do this <laughs> that I've understood. You can either go to art school, and if you go to art school, they will teach you methods and techniques. They'll give you a good history on who came and did what and why they came about and so forth. And then there's the the approach of going at it kind of blind by yeah. yourself. Yeah, It's a longer path, so you end up developing your own kind of techniques and your own ways of, of seeing and ways of being. and um, but it's a it it takes a long time before you actually get to the point where like what you see in front of you and what appears on the page or on the canvas <laughs> to match up or at least come close. It's just it's miserable, miserable, uh, wonderful thousands of hours before it actually gets good. Right, and from what you're saying, it resonates for people listening when it comes to business as well, because. If the end goal is the goal, there's going to be tons of disappointment throughout your life because you may have many goals and reach them all the time. You may have one goal that took 40 years and now you're 80 and you're like, oh my God, now what kind of thing? Like retirement for some people. Um, But the thing that I knew why you love doing it so much that you said, and it was instantaneous for me, was when you're like, what I did was horrible the first time, but I enjoyed the process because the process is forever. Right. There's always a process. Always. And there's the end result could be for the garbage all the time, but that's not the happy part. The happy part is the days, months, years, hours to do that process. Mm. So you start, you're like, oh my God, I'm loving this. Are you thinking this is what I want to do for a career? I want to make these and sell them? Like what... It took a little bit longer than that. Huh? I, at the time, I was writing, and um, so the the painting was kind of a, something off to the side. The drawing was off to the side, mm-hmm. but it was at that time when I moved from Boulder to Key West. Okay, and it's like you, an art town. As you notice, yeah. it's safe to be creative here. Yeah, and the timing was perfect. And um, one day, I went down to Ben Franklin because I was having a real hard day writing. Mm-hmm. So I thought, in my own. Uh, what were you writing? Were you writing a novel or? 
I, at the time, honestly, I was, I was writing more of a biography type uh-huh. thing. And I realized that I don't want to be writing about the past. Yeah. You're like journaling kind of? More than that. It was all, it was working with an editor and all the rest of stuff. Okay. And I realized after a while, I I haven't done anything yet. Yeah. Uh, I had people offer to write books about me. And I'm thinking, I, I haven't done it yet. Right. And so, because they always wanted to make it a football story or, yeah. you know, the inspiration. Yeah. Which stuff. is 15 years of your life. Right. Only. Well, it, 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 and that's that label. It's like you get it, and it's you have to. It's so hard to tear it away. Too. Yeah, uh, because that's also where most people are. Mm-hmm. They're they understand it as this, right? So it's a football story, but it's like no, actually, it's not a football story, right? So it's a it's a it's a life story. Football was part of it. That was one chapter. Yeah, um, and and you know the art thing. I, I, I say you know kind of you know, loosely there, but the art thing is everything, mm. and um, you know it took. It took a lifetime to get here. It took 30, 30 years to get here. Yeah. And then, uh, but then I realized Modigliani, who was my, ended up being one of my favorite uh, painters, uh-huh. he died at 36. So I figured, all right, I'll do the second half. Yeah. Yeah. This guy had 30 some years for himself. Right. Now half. you got another 30. I'll yeah. do it. Th- if, if I can get lucky enough to get 30 years out of this, I'll be really thrilled. Mm. So you, you start doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, are you having any mentors or guides helping, or is it just in a class and you just kept doing the same type of class over and over again? No, I only took one class in my life, and that was the. That so you did that year. one class, mm-hmm. and then we're like, now I'm just going to start getting subjects. Well, I went to uh, I, I, I stopped the story there early. I, I went down to Ben Franklin here, right. got a couple canvases, got some paints, and just started to play. I thought it's just to do something different than right. writing because writing was so. It's one thing. Right. And so this was kind of more of an action-based. So just to back up for a second, it was in Boulder when you first did the class? Yes. Okay, so you did that. You're like, wow, this is great. I'm loving it. I'm going to shelf it because I'm going to do this book. I want more of it. I don't know where this lives. I don't know where this exists. Right. This was one class at Naropa University that is... But the, where where else in the world is this? I don't right. know. Yeah. So you shelf it. You come down here. You're doing the writing. Then you go to Ben Franklin, and you're like, I'm gonna go and get some supplies. And you come here, and you're like, now, where's your first subject? Uh, the first subject, uh, I'm sure, it was a magazine type thing. Okay. Just an image to copy, just to see if like, well, I like that. Can I do this? Um, if there were probably about I don't know, I guess thirty or forty pieces before. Um, before it was anywhere recognizable to me that it would be good, right, or good enough. Well, how and how many months is that before uh, you were satisfied with it? Which is a hard question to it, ask it an artist. It, that's where other people come in. Yeah, uh, there's a painting above my bed, and it's uh, of this woman who was it's an Indian woman, mm-hmm. um, and I, I call her Jezebel, and uh, she was the first one, uh, a friend of mine named Kim, Kim Narian Kavikius. Uh-huh. Who uh, started the Salt magazine down here in, in the Salt Gallery? It's like uh, Salt Provisions. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Love so it. Kim is now uh, living on the pilgrimage, and, and I know I met her. You because, did? Yeah. You see this? That I'm pointing right now on my arm is an arrow, and we're we're talking about the way, right? So it's a thousand kilometer pilgrimage. It goes through Spain and France and part of Italy, right? The El Camino. Yeah, El Camino, uh, Santiago. Um, and I met her a couple of years ago. I don't remember how many years ago I met her. And it was her last time before she was getting ready to go 
to the Camino. Gotcha. And I had this tattoo because a tattoo, like people always think it's like a, it looks like a yellow arrow like you'd see on the street. It's not the prettiest tattoo, but all of my tattoos have meanings. And this is pointing to my heart because it's to remember that the way is inside of me. Now, I know there's a lot of oohs and ahs out there, but it's, you know, it's not that, uh, <laughs> I don't need that much support for that. But so when you're on the Camino, which is when I went, I didn't do the thousand kilometers. So don't think I'm such a tough guy. I went with a whole group of this mastermind friends that I have, and we did that we, we had a big bus, luxury bus that brought us to one part and we did 10 miles and it picked us up and we had beer and coffee and then brought us to the end. And then we did like five more miles and walked into the church, which is in Santiago. And, um, and when you're doing this walk, there's a lot of forks in the path and people throughout the years have gotten just this like yellow paint and put these arrows on there like, hey, this is the way to go, which is the arrow I have on my arm, which I was pointing to so that we all know what we're talking about here. But when I met her at Saw Provisions, she was like, oh my God, I'm going to do the Camino. I'm going to live over there. And I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. I love it there. That's something that when my son is like 17, 18, 19, I want to go and do the whole thing. Because the whole thing takes like 30 days. There's hostels along the way. There's a great movie called The Way on Netflix, and it's Emilio Estevez wrote it. And his father's in it. So I'm not going to ruin it for you, but go see it. It has a great interpretation of the, the Camino. I have not seen that yet, but I heard about it. It's on Netflix. It's, it's great. It okay. really is. Thank yeah, you for that. One. Well, Kim is a, a cornerstone in this entire story for myself. Mm. Uh, I haven't taken classes from people or teachers, but there have been you know, these individuals along the way that were that arrow. Yeah. And Kim was one of the first people to say, you should do that. Wow. And she saw this painting that I had done. And uh, she goes, I would like to have that in a show. And we don't have coffee in the morning. So I'm like, I'm not ready for it. So yeah. How many paintings before? I, I, I've lost track at this point, but I'd say probably about 20 or so. 20 paintings before she saw that one that right. she wanted in the show. And is that, are those 20 that were finished and not ones that went into the trash? Cause I know I'd be painting most of mine for the garbage or did well, you they, keep a lot of men, yeah. most of them in the garbage. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, well. And it, which is something we can get back to in a second. Okay. But, uh, the, uh, so she's um, like, I want to have you in the gallery. And you're right. like, I'm not ready. Well, she was having a show, a salt show. Yeah. And I said, no, not a chance, but thank you for asking. And then here's where Mockingbird Studio comes in. Mm. So for the next two weeks, I kid you not, I was living in a house on South Street. And I emptied out the bedroom, put the bed in the living room, and made the, the bedroom the studio. Right. Painting every day. And this Mockingbird sat outside the window and sang all day. I will go down to have coffee that I love, or I heart bagels, which is on, on White Street at the time. This mockingbird would follow me all the way down. Wow. Wait, go back all the way home with me every day, every day, every day. And so this is about two weeks later. I, I finally just like, all right. I looked in, it's called Animal Speak, which uh-huh. is a totem for Native Americans. And what when animals come into your life, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when a mockingbird makes an, its appearance in your world and really makes its appearance, it's time for you to share your gift. Wow. So I picked up the phone, called Kim, and said yes before I could change my mind. I said, you can have the painting in the show. It's not for sale, but we'll start there. Right. And did the bird come back? The bird left the next day. Oh, my God. What a story. Yeah. What a story. Now, now, we have a lot of mockingbirds in, in the floor. It's our state bird, right? Yeah. So to have them around is different. But this one was so, so Persistent. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it drove my dog crazy. Wow. It was amazing. Okay, so you and, said... And, you, and hence, and that's why I said, if I ever have a, my own studio, I'll call it Mockingbird Studio. Right. I mean, of course. How could you not? Right. 
So she's like, cool, we're going to have this. You're not going to sell it. Are you planning on going? And did you go? I did go. Okay. It was, uh, it was a great party. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim's happenings, uh, backyard happenings inspired several of them here. So, I mean, it's a, I learned a lot about Key West and what true Key West yeah. uh, events can be mm. based on those backyard events. Okay. So you go there and did anybody demand to buy it? Uh, no, but the, 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 the thing about the artist is that, uh, you know, we have, we've got this incredibly terrible pull in two different directions. Yeah. Don't look at my stuff. Please look at me. Right. Don't look at my stuff. Please right. See me. Yes. And, uh, it's, it's, it's practice. Yeah. Other than anything else, you know, I've had a number of shows now and everyone is difficult for different reasons. Right. But the, the reasons they're difficult changes hmm. at first. How do you accept a compliment? Right. Something that basic. Right. And uh, I had a very wise person, a very wise artist, uh, set me straight one day. that I wasn't accepting someone's compliment, which meant I was being rude. Yeah. And I think it's true. Yeah. So all you have to do is say, thank you. Yeah. That's it. Thank do you, you we'll fast forward to now and then go back. Sure. Do you love your work? I love doing my work. What about looking at it? Uh, Without this is zero arrogance about it, and it's important for people to know this. Well, I, I think there's. It's against a Midwestern's person to 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 gloat or to yeah. make someone feel bad. Yeah. Um, if you lose your arm or you win the lottery, the answer should be the same. Right. How are you? Not too bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's in, disingenuous to say I don't love my work. Right. Because it's part of me. Yeah. Um, do I think it's the best in the world? No. Right. I think it's unique to me. Right. But it's the best for you. So it's, it's, it's not what, about, it's, is it's this the best in the world? It's a, authenticity is the only thing that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And what you said is, uh, about the Midwest mentality is important for people to take that in as, as simple as social media to as grand as life itself, right. which is the, the better you will become. And this is my opinion mm-hmm. and a couple other people's the better you'll become as a person is when you don't hear the boos or you don't hear the cheers because it's important to accept the accolades and say thank you but you don't get you don't it doesn't make you who you are just like you have your fingers in your ears when they're telling you your shit and you stink and whatever you've got isn't good right because if you say you don't hear the bad but the good makes you way too excited, then you're lying to yourself, you hear the bad. So like, don't accept your follow count, your like count, all that stuff on social media as, oh my God, people love me, because then one person says, you stink on in a comment and you're devastated. Right. That's, uh, you sound like you might be familiar with the four agreements. Yeah, I am. Because that, that to me was the book that mattered the most. Mm-hmm. It just made sense. Yeah. And to take a compliment or take a criticism are equally dangerous yes. if you step outside of the middle. Yes. They can do as much damage. I, I use a phrase, don't believe your own press release. Mm-hmm. Because your press release is there to get someone in the seats. Yeah, I say don't get high on your own supply. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, there's that thing about it. It's like there's, there's a certain amount of, of, if you're an artist who wants to show yeah, and show to people that more than just those around you, yeah, you have to find a way to get comfortable with it. And it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's against nature in a lot of ways. Right, but uh, it's it's if, if you're going to do it, you you have to. Yeah, you got to be pot committed. Yeah. This is why I mentioned earlier. It's important to 
why I asked a question about do you love it? Because yeah. it's easy to take compliments when you do love it. Well, it's it's easier because you do you agree with the, the way you're spending your day. Yeah, and it's you don't like we talked about earlier. If you're 60 and you got 40 summers left, you don't want to sit there and the and 90 percent of your day going my work is crap and have that on repeat. Right, I agree with that completely. Yeah. Because I mean, you're saying your life's crap. Now there is there there's honest critique, mm-hmm. and that's why I think that it's really important that you have people that you respect that yeah. you listen to, and honest feedback is 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 I think can be quite healthy. Of course, um, yeah, because we need to know where we need to grow. Yeah, and sometimes we're not aware of it. Most of the time, especially when people love you and they're around you, they want to tell you things that is not going to hurt your feelings. Like, oh my God, your podcast is so great. And then it's like other people like this thing stinks. So, or fix this or adjust this. That's why it's important if you ask somebody for their opinion, especially if it's someone who is you're comfortable enough with and they give you an opinion that is not maybe what you're looking for. You have to go in there with the mindset of, I want feedback. There is no bad feedback. Right. Bad feedback is no feedback. That's what I say about a, uh, uh, you know, the second half of art is the people showing up and looking at it. Right. My job is to get it to that wall, to get it into the gallery, get it off the easel so you can see it. After that, it's, 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 it's not up to me anymore. Right. And right. so that's that, 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 the, the other half the, of, the, of, the, of the equation, yeah. so to speak. Okay, so you're there. And people are looking at your stuff or your one painting. You had one piece there. Uh, that, at that particular event, yeah. yeah. But it was a group show, so... Right, know, there was other people, other yeah. artists there. You can You're hide there. the numbers. And then, does she want you back? Are you, do you now have the bug of being like, I broke the ice, I want to be in galleries? Uh, it, it actually did break the bug, mm. or break the ice. Mm-hmm. And um, there, are, there are two occasions in my life that I can recall that I had a little too much wine. And, and, <laughs> and we do? Well, we need to fix but, that. No, but the, <laughs> that I said something that the results were were good. Mm-hmm. One night I was at um, at the lemonade stand for one of their openings, and that was Letty Nowak and Sharon McGauley and Kim Thompson, and this uh, cool little place in Bahama Village. Mm-hmm. And I had a little too much wine, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Well, if a space ever ever opens up, uh, consider me." Right. Well, I ended up spending many years there wow. and learned more than I took Sharon's spot when she moved to New York. And uh, that path that Letty was a teacher in business, uh, was a person, a studio mate. You know, uh, Kim Thompson was an amazing person mm-hmm. to have there as well. Just this knowledge. Right. You know, they never got in your stuff. You know, you do your own thing. But just to have that kind of knowledge around was, was it put you leap years ahead. And that was your first gallery that you were in? Yes. Okay, so you got a little, you're a little tipsy on some wine. You're like, eh, I'd love to be on here. And they're like, come on down. Can and you be no, here next week? Is that how it went down? Well, I ran into, I ran into Sharon at the, when she was handing out these um, invitations to artists to submit work or consider, they wanted to you know, consider who, who would be there. Right, so they're like interviewing people, yeah. kind of. And How um, many pieces did you have at the time? I had that terrible little uh, Office Max portfolio for those, for those 20 terrible paintings. Yeah, and they all were in your house, hanging yeah, on the wall. Absolutely. Right, they, so you're like, they're, they're stacked, on the wall, yeah. and they're like, okay, good, send in this thing, and you got the Office Max printout. And you- well, and, and the, the funny thing is, that, so I had that little printout that Kim actually made for me, Kim uh, Nakovicius. Mm-hmm. So she went out there and printed it off, and I submitted it, and I thought this was all really formal stuff. 
it was, it, you know, the, the longer you do things, it's, it's, it's a personal thing. Yeah. And, um, ends up, uh, they said yes. And they grilled me. Uh, they interviewed me, even though I, they knew I was going to be there, but they had so much fun with me, you know, and a bit of hazing. Right. And so after that was done, it said, yes, put the portfolio on the spot, uh, where I would be, where I'd be painting. Mm-hmm. Sharon's stuff was already gone. So the portfolio was laying on the floor. The not that day, but another day, someone came in and started looking through it. And so a I get, customer, I get this phone call from Letty saying, "Get on down here." I hadn't even moved in yet, right? And they said they want this painting. How much? And you haven't priced anything out yet. Right? I've never sold a painting. That was going to be one of my questions. Like, how do you price it out? Oh, this is how you, this is on. Uh, this is trial by fire, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Um, so this is where you have someone like Letty, who's who's a very good business person, mm. and so. The three of us are talking, Letty, myself, and the guy who's one, who wants to buy this painting. And, he, and so Letty said, well, typically at this size, it would go for this much. And he said, well, he is, he is new. And I said, he's right. I am new. Right. So, I mean, I talked my own prices down. Yeah. But the price was set, and it, was, it, it paid for the first two months' rent. Wow. So, if you're looking for signs from the universe... That might be a good one. Yeah, they're digging in the bag, pulling out stuff, and writing your checks for two months. Right? I, I wish it was that consistent, but yeah. the, you know, the, the life of an artist is not. Of course, that. of course. But if you're looking for a sign early, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you get this check and you deposit in the bank, and are you like, oh my god, this is like for real? I mean, was there a pinch me moment? Were you like, I'm, I can do this and actually make a living doing this? It's uh, there, there. There are a couple of moments, but though I think one of the ones that is uh, uh, that stands out to me the most. Uh, what can happen for thirty dollars worth of stencil on a window? Yeah. Uh, a gentleman, uh, uh, an artist that I, know, I had known for a while, um, casually or in the coffee shop type stuff. He had he'd been a street painter and been painting on the street for many, many years. And every morning he'd have his coffee and his smoke, and he'd be he'd full of bravado and. That good street energy, that, yeah. you know, the stuff that takes it to, to live on the street. I'm not saying he was homeless, but mm-hmm. I was like painting on the street is a, is a yeah, its own thing. It's a different bear, yeah. you know. It is it is not coddled, and so I mean, you have to be of a, a certain uh, temperament and certain level, levels of skin and all the rest. Yeah, but he was a bigger than life character. Well, he didn't know that I had gotten invited to be part of the lemonade stand, so I'm in there, and this guy comes, this big bear of a guy comes knocking on the door, and meekly asks. Uh, do you think I could show you some work? So here are these two men, myself and this guy. We had known each other. and But the circumstance on his, his perception was different mm-hmm. because I was inside the studio. Yeah, of course. I, I, in that moment, I'm like, that was the, one of the more valuable lessons. It's like everyone's going to be struggling. Right. But it's perception on do you believe yourself or not. Yeah, of course. And... There's safety behind that glass, you know, yeah. behind the stencil, and and joining an established. Yeah, you get instant cloud. I mean, this is how things are, right. unfortunately, with certain things and not. But the good thing about the island, which is kind of full circle to where we started, mm-hmm. is that the people embrace one another here, especially um, in the art world. And one of the things that I love here compared to other places I lived, and I'm so tired of harping about Miami on any of these podcasts and I have friends that listen, so I won't say it anymore, but, um, you can be sitting next to a billionaire, someone with worth nothing. 
and you would never know it here. Whereas in a lot of other places, usually they even have less than what their per, per perception is. So that's what I like about the fact that there's going to be a lot less judgment, I would assume, right? You being here 20 years on the artist, the, the ability to be more of who you really want to be. Well, I, I, let me go to the first part. I was thinking about, and I think you have uh, titled your podcast appropriately, Backyards of yeah. U.S. My, when my parents first got down there, like, my God, this, these places look like dumps. Yeah. And I'm like, well, just go through the door and you'll find out it's not a dump. Yeah. We don't, we don't put it up front. It's not the it's not what you see on the facade in the front. It's the quality in the back, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. And um I think uh, you know, when that is the perception of a town, uh all those things that mattered on the mainland don't matter as much here. You know, as far as like the the dress of course the the car or the whatever. Whatever whatever the, the signal is that I'm so called successful yeah. is different here. We have this basic rule and I say we because I mean the collective we it's like are you are you good person here. right right if, if, do you look if, out for one another do you right. care do, do you, you care? have these these uh you know the qualities that our grandparents really cared about yeah and you can be incredibly flawed too yeah i mean and and obviously flawed but if it weighs out on the scale that you're the things that you do are more productive than and positive than negative you'll be fine mm. I, that's what i've noticed the, as for key west when it comes to art there's a it, it's tough because you want to be as gracious to whoever's coming next as the people who were as gracious to me coming in mm-hmm. and you can suck for a while and people will still show up. And if they know that you're serious about it, if they know that you're putting out something you really care about, they'll continue to, to support you. Right. And then uh, the further you get into it, the, 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 the higher your skill level, the more the, you know, your prices go up or your success level rises and those on those factors, sometimes your audience changes. Mm-hmm. The people that were in the beginning are not necessarily around anymore because whatever reason. Right. Um, and that's in life anyways. Of course. Of but, course. Uh, they're there for a bridge during your time. Right. Right. And every part of this, this thing, the thing I don't, we have, we don't have a, an, a good critique down here, I would say in Key West though. Yeah, That's because if you're around last. people that are so nice all the time, then you may not get the, hey, listen, you need to step this up or that up. Like, exactly. if you take this to New York or in other art cities, they may be like, listen, you need to adjust a couple of things or this, price this it accordingly. Right. And that's that's the one thing we lack down here mm-hmm. is an honest critique. But I don't know if it would work here. Yeah. Because it kind of goes against, I mean, in business, there's one thing. If you can stay afloat, and make money, that means you're doing something right. Yeah. In art, it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing. Right. Because there's a lot of art that sells us that's really not that good. Right. And then there's a lot of stuff that's really good that doesn't sell. So I mean it's it's different on 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 that on that strange little factor thing. Yeah. Well that's why I always say it's important. Like one of the questions I ask is what do you do to continue to sharpen your skill outside of the everyday thing? Mm-hmm. And getting out of the city as much as you can, going to different art shows or like if you can get up to Miami and get to our Basel or anything like that, that's going to open your eyes. The more, the much traveling as you can do possible out of the city. I mean, look, it all depends. If you want to just do one thing and stay in one place and like what you're doing and you're like cool with that, which is the best, because if you're loving the type of art as an example you're doing, or if you have a bait and tackle shop and that's all you do, that that's not to downplay that, right? Because the 
the end result is happiness here, not bank accounts. So if that's what you want, that's fine. But if you do want to prosper and grow, you need to travel. You need to get out. I agree with that. And uh, for myself, travel's not easy. Yeah. And so- But you can still do it. No, no, and I have done yeah. the, the, the first uh, the first museum. I mean, you I, went from you went from Boulder <laughs> to here. It's a little bit of hard rock. But here's the funny thing, though. I mean, I I put hundreds of thousands of miles on the vehicles before I got to Key West. Mm. Mm. I gave up driving when I got here. Yeah, it was so different because um, uh, I, I, I use the phrase. I said I finally sat still, and then life came to me. Yeah, and Key West is one of those places where everyone comes through. Yeah, and it's a uh, you know I've got collections. Or I'm in collections all over the world because they came here. Wow, which is interesting. It's it's a rarity. It's not it's not it's not a common occurrence thing. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, no one's just buying from your social media account. They're coming here. Yeah, I mean, people come and spend a week, and they they say that they see your work here or you see it there. Um, you know, I'm I'm in a gallery on Duval Street. Yeah, I was going to ask you what galleries are you in. I'm in a, a Gingerbread Gallery. Okay, Gingerbread Square, and that's on uh, Duval Street. And it's uh, one of the oldest galleries in town. And uh, I'm, it's it's my first season there. I've been with other galleries before this, mm-hmm. but um, so far so good. And um, you in other galleries in, across in the country? In not the- as much as you'd think. I was in one for New, in New York for a little while up in Montauk. Um, gallery business is changing a lot. Yeah. I was one in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, most of I've been really so fortunate that people have been coming through, mm-hmm. so to speak. So one of the things I did want to talk about. Um, when you mentioned that the gallery business is changing mm-hmm. is I see that as a good thing. And the reason why it's a good thing is throughout history, there has always been a toll booth between the artist, the business person and the consumer. Right. And who's to say that these four people can determine if you should be on this television show, this radio show, should be this artist. Even with the galleries who take 60%, 50%, 40%, depending upon the gallery, that people walk to go into that gallery to make those purchases. You now have the ability, because of the internet, to go direct to the customer, to tell those stories, to do video, to do audio. This equipment, everything I'm having here, I'm putting together... Because so many people have asked, um, I'm going to put it on the blog for the backyard to keywest.com, which is all the equipment I have, how to do the podcast. Right. There's a lot of people that want to, and I, I want them to do it. There's a big enough audience everywhere to, to, to do as much as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but to do this 20 years ago would cost me a million dollars because I'd either have to build it out or rent space. I mean, it would be impossible to do. So the ability now, yes. You want to be in a gallery. There is the clout, like we talked about earlier, of being in there. I interviewed a couple of people that do own galleries, and and they have their stuff in there, and they're working and getting to see people. There's something to be said about that, too. But the fact that you could learn additional skills, which is art in and of itself, to market and sell direct to the customer, you you have that, which 20 years ago, you didn't. It's true. I mean, I'm I'm so thankful I did not grow up in the in the internet age because hmm. I mean, we, we drank out of a hose and they said be home by dark. Yeah, and those are the basic rules, you yeah. know. And um, but now, like you said, this is this incredible equalizer, and um, 
the the, the so-called market will decide mm-hmm. you know is, is it is it appreciated is it not supported um there are the thing about the galleries for me though is that if you're in a good gallery that means that person who's ever in charge of what goes on the walls has a vision and has and it's hopefully not an artist themselves because mm-hmm. it's two different things right and um a good gallerist will can guide somebody as well yes. to why this is important why this is that and so i look at the future as this hybrid between yes. the studio artist and the galleries yes there's a lot more cuz i also do work in the event space like large mm-hmm. events and there's a there's a, a more of a push now towards live events not mm-hmm. sporting events even though that's growing but live business events um, there's a lot more of that happening because we're so singular in the things that we do monthly that we do want to get out and be around all these other people. Right. When you mention about the gallery, I agree a hundred percent, but also be careful. Don't allow the, the, the mindset of somebody that you may hold in high regard as being the answer. If they keep telling you, no, because oh, I, I don't, that completely, yeah, yeah. I don't want somebody out there who's an artist trying to be an artist who's asked one or two galleries, "Can I come in?" And they say no. Eve, I mean, we don't. First of all, you have to be empathetic because you don't know. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe their studio is full. Maybe they're an artist and they're losing money. I mean, there's a million reasons why. Right. But this, I do know. This is the science here. Is that seventy percent of the sales? Yes comes after the fifth ask. So that's after someone's told you no four times. <laughs> and 70% of all the yeses are, right. are that, that after yeah. the fifth. So maybe go and ask again. Maybe keep, I mean, the, the secret is don't quit. And I agree with you completely on that. Absolutely. There's, there's a, and there's, but there's a, there's also this thing about it. It's like, if you truly believe in yourself, you're going to keep asking. Yeah. Or you're going to find out how to do it yourself. Well, if you love it, let's start with this. If this is something you love, like, okay, let's say that you want to do a podcast. And let's say that your end goal, which is not mine, but if your end goal is you want to do this for a living, right? And have advertising and make money doing a podcast. Well, there's a couple of things you're going to have to do. One, you're going to have to be okay eating poo for maybe a decade because it may take that long for that to happen. And if you love the process, back to process again. The poo doesn't taste as it, bad. It's not a bad poo. Yeah, it's more not, like pudding than it's, poo. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice, it's a, yeah, appealing, appealing you know? poo. It, it's true. And, and not well, only- that 10,000 hours to make something in your own. Of course, of right. course. And what I talk to, because I'm in marketing and that's the job that I do, is I tell people- that if you can hold off the longest before monetizing an audience, which means you do something that you love, say you could do it for a decade before you even ask for a dollar, right. then you've gone from the commercial to the television show. Because if you're watching Seinfeld, and the young ones may not even know what that is, but if you're, they still have good repeats. If you're watching Seinfeld, they're not asking you for anything. The commercials in between episodes are asking you for something. You like Netflix, you're binge watching an entire four or five seasons, and they're not those actors aren't asking for anything either. Right. 
That's why there's that appeal and that love because they're adding value to your life, entertainment. So the longer you can go without asking for anything, which means you're now doing it because the sheer enjoyment of it, the better you will become and more successful, in my opinion, you'll become. Long-term, absolutely. Yeah. I had a, um, a lot of the challenges that I've, that I've heard artists face, I haven't had. And um, Like what? Name one. Well, the early acceptance. Yeah. I mean, you sold that one piece, like they're digging in your bag. And it's like, you know, you're looking at as a support and you're like, I, I can just hear the groans from other artists going, oh, you son of a bitch. Gotta. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I almost, there's a part of me that wish I would have painted for another five years. Yeah. Before I showed anyone anything. Yeah. And there's this, uh, this, why you do it. First, if you love it, awesome. Right. But as soon as someone puts a, a price tag on it, then that gets into your brain. Yeah. Somehow it seeps in Of there. course, of course. Especially if you're making a living from it right. too. And you're now like, okay, I, I'm looking at a credit card that I need to pay off because I need to buy more food to eat. Right. And this work that I used to do just because I loved mm-hmm. and maybe I could take a day off. Now I feel like I can't because it's paying the bills. Right. It's a whole nother beast. I mean, this is why if you can hustle and have a couple of things and save the thing that you love the most before you commoditize it, that's great. And again, like we talked about, you know, there's so many uh, arguments about today's generation, other generations, um, but I look at it like this. My grandfather, he was an electrician, and he had to go to work, and he had to make money, and he had to pay for five kids and a wife, and he'd come home, and that was it. There's no side hustle. There's no internet. There's no doing anything else. There's no enjoyment. There's, you do this. And he may have hated that. The man could have been the best singer in the world. He could, he could have the most masterpieces of art inside of him that no one got to see because that was the world that we lived in. Yes. That now we're lucky enough that you can do something. You can paint at night. If you love it, you can do it. And if you can make money off of it, you could do that too. And if it's even a little bit of money, you can still do that and still work and do your job. And you guess what, everybody? You can also decide that you don't need to live off of $90,000 a year. You can live off $45,000 a year and have a scooter and a bicycle only and only have two pairs of shoes instead of 40 and get on Netflix instead of you know Uverse. You can still sponsor me, Uverse, it's okay. And get rid of the $250 bill here and this and, and live smaller. Smarter. Yeah. You can, it it really, it's, you know, some of the people that I talk to, um, are saying stuff like having a, like communal living may be the future where you have a house with five bedrooms and two kitchens in there and five bathrooms. And you have a group of artists living there together, supporting each other. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you love each other and you're friends with each other and you're all into art or music or business or whatever, I mean, it sounds like a pretty cool world to me. I think it's not like a cool world. Uh, the the trouble comes in that not all horses are the same speed. Right. And then someone starts maybe getting a little more successful. Maybe someone is not as, and they're not being fed in the same way. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's a, that, that balance is tough. That balance yeah. is really tough. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, but I think you're. I think it's it's doable. And uh, you know the thing that we in Key West, you know, 
I I haven't worn shoes in right. like 18 years. <laughs> I've worn now, the same white T-shirt like for months now. I'm not even talking flip flops, right? Yeah. I mean, you see, I mean, my feet don't touch the ground because, right. of, because of the wheelchair. But it's like I don't. I mean, I, I'm on the board at the at the at the studios, right? And they're like, "Am I am I going to have to wear shoes? Do right. I have to go and shoe nope. my shoes? No." Nope. And they're like, "No, just just bring you." Yeah. No, and I love like, it too when I go to interview certain people that maybe in the back of my head I'm like, "Well, oh, they're super successful, like." should I put on pants right? and then I'll put on like jeans or something and I'll go in there and it's August and it's hot and they're in shorts and flip flops yep. or um, I'll go and see my lawyer and he's not even wearing a tie. And I'm like, this is the best. It really is because who says that these things need to be this way for success? Well, and those are those outward signs that we don't yeah. necessarily listen to here. Yeah. That's what we love about being down here. And if you're not from here, come on down. If you are here, and you're cool stick around <laughs> well the island will take care of that part yeah I mean, she, it does I, I really believe that you know she's uh and when i say the physical island itself not yeah. the piece, it's it, she she decides i i believe that too because from what i've seen so far that that key west takes care of the people that, that take care of it mm-hmm. for sure absolutely it's a it's a place that you you know I mean, people work so hard here yeah I mean, you got two, three job people everywhere. Yeah. You got people who have secondary homes and third homes and that as well. But you have so many people who work so hard. And I think that they understand that the core of it is that it's worth staying here yeah. because of the qualities. Yeah. And um, because if you're a billionaire or if you're not so, not so fortunate, you can sit next to each other. And as long as you are. The beer is just as cold the for both of you. tastes the same. Exactly. <laughs> and the fish is just as delicious. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially if you know a captain. Yeah, who brings it in? Oh yeah, if that's you have someone else has a, has a boat, that's that's even better. Than that's like up in the mainland. It's like make sure you have a friend of the, with a pickup so you can call them on on, on Saturday <laughs> to, right. to move the couch. <laughs> exactly, they have to have a pickup, and if they uh, have a little a farm, that's even better too Absolutely. because they bring you good tomatoes. So tell me where now in the space that we are that we talked about earlier. Do you have showings here? Do people come in here as well? I mean, it looks like a gallery. Well, it's it's set up. Uh, to show, uh, but uh, like I was getting back to earlier, I think it's more of a hybrid. Right. Uh, so the gallery, there's only so many walls you can be on during yeah. the season. Yeah. And so the the gift of having a space like this, which is a true gift, um, it's rare in Key West. Space is tight. Yeah. Um, to have a designated space that is set aside for your work. This is my office. You know, this is where I spend every day. Yeah. Uh, from you know, I mean, every day, and. Um, but it works to um, uh, when 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 people either go through the gallery first, and then they come over here and see the extra work that's not there. That that's so that. they'll talk about that there. They'll say, "Oh, if you want to see oh, more absolutely. pieces." I mean, with with representation the way it's set up, um, at least with, with 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 where I'm at, it's like the the keys. Everything goes through the gallery here. Now, if someone comes from out of town, that's different. I mean, right. if, they're, if they're from, you know, like, so if they go from the gallery and then come in here as a referral, then there's still the vig to the gallery. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course. And then I would never have it any other yeah, way. Yeah, because it's free marketing. I mean, they're the, they're the reason they're here. So they are the reason they're here. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's and you try your best to support each other in that of sense. Of course, of course. And you know, and I've said the things that uh, the galleries here they tend to support each other too. Yeah. And uh, you know, like they. they uh, I know Adele's right next to Adam and, and Kelly uh-huh. and it's a beautiful little spot, you know? And so the, the, they send people back and forth all the time. And mm. it's like, it's a nice little part of Duval street and yeah. it's not a competition thing. Yeah. It's, it's a, a nice part of Duval. It's a beautiful sure. part. So, yeah. and that's part of the Key West and, and, and that, that works. Yeah. Um, but the, this, 
the space. What about on social, on social media? Are you getting, have you ever had somebody find you online, not through the gallery, mm-hmm. and happen to be coming down here and came to this studio? Um, it happens numerous times every year. Wow. See, guys, hello. Work uh, the social. The social, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm terrible about the social from the point of view that I'm, 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 I'm a little long in the tooth yeah. as far as how to do it. I just turned 50. Um, I use the Facebook. Mm-hmm. The Facebook? The Facebook. It's like my grandma always used to say going down to the Walgreens. Yeah. So it has to be the Facebook. <laughs> yeah. But there's a different audience on Facebook than it is on Instagram. Right. And I'm, st- I'm learning the Instagram more. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this physical thing about being older. It's like the, the screen. I don't look at the phone. I don't use the phone the same way that a lot of people use the phone. Right. And so I use a computer screen in the house uh, or I'm painting. The phone itself, I can't see yeah. as much as I, all the details as uh, as the kids can see, so to right, speak. Right, right. And so it's, uh, I'm still learning about how, because just because you don't do it one way doesn't mean the world doesn't do it that yeah. way. Well, you know, there's other programs that we could talk about after this that I would love to pick your brain. Yeah, for sure. There's stuff like Buffer and other programs where you can, from your desktop, set stuff. So like a lot of agencies will use this so that it'll automatically post at certain times throughout the day. Okay. So you can go on your desktop or laptop and set everything up and then it'll ping you on your phone and then you do whatever you need to do and then have it posted. Okay. So those are other options for you because we'll talk off the off uh, podcast so I can give you any help that I can. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Because I, mean, I have met... And I met some. Way to get you on the TikTok now. I'm on TikTok now. You see, now you're you're basically saying words I don't know. Right. I'll show you after. But but uh, you'd be great on that too, with all the music in the background and everything. Let's see. I'm 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 a caveman, and that's why you'd be great on it. I'll show you some. I'll show you. I love this though because the the same the same guys, the same cats that were pushing paint on the walls in France in the caves. Yeah. I'm doing the same exact thing. Yeah. And so I'm not sure what gene that is. But that's where the happiness is for me, right? Right. And so the, uh, the the creation part is one. It's getting to the world is the other part, and that's a that's where I'm I'm looking to learn more. Yeah. Well, there's a it's another tattoo I have in my arm. It's not it's not this isn't the tattoo podcast, but it's in Japanese. It's called mushin, and it's the art of doing something that while you're doing it, your mind is completely empty. Okay. So it was a martial arts and sword play and stuff like that, that obviously if you're practicing martial arts or you're battling someone physically, you're not thinking about like, what am I having for dinner or your arms getting cut off? Or right. you're not even thinking like, if they do this, I do this. It's the art of doing something where your mind has to be empty of everything but that exact task that you're doing. Right. And when you can find that in life, that's when the magic happens a lot. You know, people will call it flow state and all that, those kind of things. For me, it's like when I'm in the garden. If I'm in the garden doing stuff with the earth and digging, I, I like I can look up and the sun is set and I started first thing in the morning and I just didn't even know where the time went. Right. And that's that state. Doesn't need to be outdoors. We're not suggesting that. Some people um, play chess, some people go on the computer and are designers, are no artists on Photoshop or stuff like the graphic designers. And next thing you know, it's days have gone by. Right. So it's just finding that state. I've, I have that every day, which I'm very fortunate yeah. with. Blessed. I, I, very get blessed. Up, I get up here. Better and, than playing football. Let me tell you that. Well, there's, a, there's a definitely a timeline on how long a person can do this. Yeah. You know, I did a, uh, my parents retired up in, up in Naples, like I said. Mm-hmm. And they live at this uh, a, a, a golf course community. 
and uh, a few years back, I went to do a, a talk. They have these uh, invitational to do, you do a talk, bring in someone once a month for four or five months. And so you talk to this group of people. And uh, so there's probably about 300 or 400 people in the audience. And um, they were basically wondering about the story. And, and they obviously knew my parents and, you know, and they knew about the art, but they mm-hmm. wanted to know the, you know, the, they wanted to hear the talk about it all. And the one thing that was prevalent from the people afterwards was that I wish I had something that I didn't have to retire from mm-hmm. because there's this room full of people who are retired. Now what? Right. And I'm not saying they don't have full lives by a stretch because most of them do more things than I'll ever dream of. Yeah. But I guess the idea was that artists don't retire. Well, when you do something you love, you don't retire. It's there. You don't, there's no planning. Like for me, I'm, I'm not planning on stopping one thing and, and deciding it's time to do nothing. You do that when you dislike, not everybody, but some people, when you're disliking the thing you were doing before, because you can, if you are a salesman of vacuums, you can still, after you're done, because you're not going to be going door to door or selling vacuums, still utilize your talents of sales sales somehow in a free world, or you can be writing about it. You can be doing a podcast. You could be doing blogs. You could be doing whatever you want that is still allows you to nurture the gifts that you've accumulated. Because some people, like everybody's like, it's more on the younger side than the older side. People will come and they'll say, Mark, I'm not passionate about anything. How do I find that? How do I find that passion? And it's funny because at one point, it's cool. Um, yes, when you found it, it'll be like, the the fireworks will go off. But on the other thing, like for me, I never had any fireworks. There was never like I started doing something and I was like, oh my God, I'm so passionate about this. For me, it's after time has gone by in developing a skill, that has now become my passion instead of bouncing from thing to thing to thing. And I did lots of that too. But in finding that groove, or even if it's something new that you're doing, but it has the layers of 10, 15, 20 years worth of development, then that is the passion. It right. can come from that. I, yeah. And, uh, and you're fortunate if you can find it and cultivate it. Yeah. And there's, a, you know, there's this thing that's happening in my world now where uh, I have been in the town almost 20 years. Uh, I have been doing this for a while now. Other things like being asked to be part of the board at the, stu- the studios of Key West, mm-hmm. I never thought in a million years, why would they do that? Uh, what what are what's my skill set? It's an arts organization, but the people on the board have these these other skill sets and and and, and lives that before Key West right. that are really quite astounding. Right. But it's like no, your opinion's important, and you need to bring. We need that opinion on this particular thing. Yeah, no one do. So they're going to need to hear the. If everybody was the same X, Y, Z in business or art or whatever, then why would why would you need ten of those on one board? Does it make sense? Well, you'd have a very unsuccessful board, no doubt. Yeah, it was. for sure, because it'd guess, be it'd be going and it both going to the right the whole time, be going in circles. But I guess what I'm, I, the point I was trying to get to was that you can be an artist, and then that's your core, and then there's these other things that can add on to your life uh, in different ways. Hmm but based on your core, make you better at servicing 
that community in, in that in that other way. Yeah, and so um, it's not just uh, most of my challenges are between the four four lines. That's what I'm. You know, that, that's yeah. my. And then the rest of life is a uh, uh, is different that way. Yeah, but uh, I, 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 it just seems to me that if, maybe some just feeling older now. Nah, like I'm more got, of an adult. W- no, the I mean, age I, you are now, you got one whole nother one of those. No, and you're I get 50. that. I get that, and, and because I used to, th- I used to think, you know, um, you know, when you're growing up, you know, you'd see a, you know, an 18 year old girl, you're like, oh my goodness gracious, so that's a, that's a, that's a woman up there, right? Because mm-hmm. you're 12, right? Well, now I call it my niece, and I'm like, we'll talk. Right. We, we got lots to talk about, yeah. and so, and that's not put anyone down. That's just like, life is so funny that way, where yeah. you know. Until you get there, you don't have a clue. Hmm. But anyways, sorry. what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Uh, it's a it's a, it's not a question I think about a lot, but um, I'm not going to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's so there's a lot of times when you do, when you have family, that's that's a big part of your legacy. Um, the uh, I, I guess the children that I have will be somewhere. The art will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about as an artist? As an artist, the good news about being an artist and worrying about your legacy is that it usually doesn't happen until after you're dead. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it's like, it's, and that, that's a, I think that's a marketing strategy as well, too, by the yeah. by the powers that be. Mm-hmm. Um, can't make anymore. Well, supply and demand, right? There's, and there's uh, only so much of it out there. <laughs> uh, so, I, this, I'm, I, I guess, when it comes to legacy, I'm just, uh, I'm happy to be doing what I do today. Mm. Um, and you know, I don't know about the afterlife, so I, I can't tell you if you get to look in or not. Right. You know, so, um, I don't have an opinion really on that either, but, uh, how you spend your day, what people close to you will say about you. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty good legacy there. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, when you're gone, uh, even if it's a simple thing as the people around you just said, wow, you know, that was a great guy. Yeah. He, he added more than he took to life. To me is is what I hope my legacy will be. And you would hope there would be a few people who said, you know, when I needed something, he was there. Yeah, and because yeah. uh, the painting is, let's face it, I mean, it's 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 for myself that helps other people, uh, you know, with their viewing. But it's it's very much for me. Hmm. And um, yeah, you got addicted to the process right from the get. So yeah, and so there's there's an incredibly it's a, it's a of a self-focused kind of career which has which bumps up against like you know hopefully people wanted to see it yeah and then you know maybe have it in part of their lives and hopefully has a meaning to them mm. you know whenever i whenever i even see of a postcard for some of the shows yeah on someone's refrigerator that's one of my biggest thrills yeah I honestly bet. i bet it would be for me like, too if i saw that unless people would throw that away what are you kidding that's i know like, i know i save those too so i'm just thinking like imagine the artist saw that i saved that be even it's something that's a throwaway piece yeah. that you'd save and like put up somewhere yeah that's great and to have something that you spent a lot of time creating hmm. um and having them spend their life with it that's that's magic that that's a great feeling it really is you know the, the painting will be on their wall and like i said it's caveman material because i mean it's it's, it's one of our oldest forms yeah it's one of our fo- oldest forms of communication and it is not tech savvy in the sense that it's not hip, new, and all the rest of stuff. But it's there. And I've always said that the painting that's on your wall will meet you whenever you need to be met. Yeah. And you might not see it for six months. Yeah. And then suddenly you look over and it means something. 
Yeah. And that's exactly what you need at that moment. Yeah, that's um, cool. But Well, listen, Eric, this was um, great to talk to you, to meet you. Um, whenever I get introduced to people from other people that I respect, um, I always know that it's going to be a, a beautiful encounter. And not knowing anything about you, not even knowing you were a quadriplegic, anything, it was. It's just such a, a surprise to to learn about you as a human being during this talk, and to realize that there's no discussion about that. There's no talk about that. You're 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 so light in the person that you are, based on the fact that you're doing something that you love so much all the time, and you're just getting started. That. It was a real honor to meet well, you. Well, you know, and you need to appreciate when when you're meeting me as well. Um, you met Emma in the house, yeah, and uh, we've been together for a little over three years now. She has made, you know, as my partner and my and as my wife, she has made my world change. Yeah, it's and made it better. You know, we've been friends for twenty years, but she is an artist in her own own own, mm. own rights, and to have a support person like that around you, yeah, to have family and friends that give a shit. You have and a, and a great dog and a crazy cat. yeah great guy and a, and a place to live that not just says we're glad you're here but what are you doing next too? yeah right and they that's a awesome. push you that is a really an amazing place to be and so um, you know to feel fortunate is is a gift and I think the Chamber thing. of Commerce should be buying a bunch of these paintings because of that nice plug to us <laughs> right there well you know if they, they, they know where I'm at <laughs> <laughs> excuse me speaking of that. I will put um, everything in the show notes, um, the website, Great. the social media, everything there. The Facebook, we'll put it, Facebook. we'll put it all in there so that people can can find your work. And then if they want to reach out to you, mm-hmm. um, they can do it through there, and they can schedule an appointment to come here if they wanted to. Yeah, definitely don't show up. Um, because yeah, no, no, yeah, you don't want to just show up to someone's house and knock on the door. You can go to the gallery, the gallery. or uh, reach out direct message through Instagram. That's how we connected. We, yeah, and then do that. Yeah, the website has been really good about it. Uh, um, the Facebook email that works. Good. So. Well, listen, it was great again. Oh, I don't Thank get the you. questions, huh? I don't get the questions. Oh, you want the questions? I need at least one or two. Oh, yes. I'm- you know, I, I was like, I was like trying to think out like, what is, what would be my answer? Okay. Here, see, I've been asking the same ones all the time that I'm thinking that the people are getting bored, but I have spoken to other people who have listened to the podcast and they're saying that is the favorite part. So and do you remember in the actor's studio? Yes. Right. His he, list. Yeah. He had the list yeah. of the same ones at the end, right? What's your favorite curse word and all that. Okay. Exactly. Good. Okay. So what is your favorite Key West event to attend? Hmm. Selfishly, I'd say it's my yearly show. Okay. Besides but, that, we have besides to decide that. Yes. Besides that, um, we have an event here uh, in the backyard um, nearly every year. It's called Hearts and Bones uh-huh. that was started by Kim Narkovickius at her place. And then we had it over here after that she moved. And so we, we invite a few artists. Uh, we get Lance Taylor's music, live music. Uh, this year, Mark Remova is the, providing the wine. Wow. I mean, it's, just, it's a little art happening. The artists, if they sell anything, they keep it all. We don't. But for me, I'm able to be a host without the pressure of showing. Right. And turning the home into this fun little event. And now let me ask you, is that on the website, that event? It will be. It's uh, going to be December 13th this year. 
But uh, can can some people find it? Oh, it's gonna be open to the public. Yeah. Okay. Well, if, if it's not on the site yet, I'll re- you give it to me so I could put it in the show notes because oh, be I want people to see that here yeah. because I I don't even know and I want to come. That's great. Well, it's one of those things where it's uh, it, there's so many parties and so many different events in this yeah. town. They're constantly going on. Uh, we wanted uh, just something with if if people show up and they can see some uh, some new art by people who are who we want to have their eyes on them. Yeah. Great. But it's a great setting because yeah. it's like in a home and it's outside and the courtyard and everything yeah. here is so magical. It's it's a special event. And it'll be the night after or the day before a full moon. So oh, even it'll better. be on a Friday the 13th. Too. It'll be beautiful. Nice. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> nice anniversary. Okay. Favorite place for dinner. All right. So I got two in those. Okay. I've been very supported by these two restaurants okay. art wise. Uh, and, Abadanza, Tim, the owner, mm-hmm. is a really dear friend and been collecting my work for years. And they have a bunch of my work there. And then you got the Flaming Bowie. Mm. And the Flaming Bowie has the, the new location on Eaton Street. They have only my work there. Yeah. And so those two places have made me feel like a king. Did you paint them, the two owners? Yeah, that was the one with the... That's in Mark's place? That's based on the... the yeah, the, the with the pitchfork. Well, it's American Gothic. Yeah. The old man and the, and yeah. the sister, actually. But yeah, so I figured we needed an update version of that. <laughs> That's great. Okay, favorite place for happy hour. I know happy you hour. only had the two times that you drank that wine, but there's got to be a place... No, that, that, and the second time was actually when I, when, I, when I said to Emma, when she was she was previously, you know, she was unavailable. Mm-hmm. I had too much wine. I said, if it doesn't work out with them, give me a call. Oh, wow. So, so I, both, you need both to have times. A, you, may, you maybe need to have a third time. Well, because the last two have been successful. Yeah, I don't want to put too much pressure on it, but I'm out there trying. Uh, let's see. The favorite place, I mean, uh, if I, I, I got to say, I mean, you got to love Aftec at Louis. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a big noise guy. Right. But you, if you've got the gift of the water right there, yeah, it's, it's a great hard spot. to beat. Yeah. It's a great spot for sure. Okay. And then local music. This goes back to that event. I'm not a huge guy. I mean, if you see me at the parrot, I'm across the street because mm-hmm. I don't do crowds very well. Yeah. And the windows are just, and, I mean, it's just as good oh, across the street. It's the best seat in the house, I yeah. think. Um, but every uh, every event that we have, I've had for shows and, and, and the hearts and bones here at the house, uh, Lance Taylor plays. Mm. And there's always this 15, 20 minutes at the end of the night where he plays and most people have cleared out. And it's my favorite, favorite it's music. It's like an acoustical, private it's your personal little yeah uh, a recording studio event, magical under the stars kind of thing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Wow, I love that. Okay, and then what about um, if you have people from out of town that have never been here and they want to go for a little tour or see something touristy? Where would you bring them? Well, touristy, you always give them the list. Yeah, you, know, you want to send them to Sunset, you send them to Mallory. Right. You want to go to a place with the chickens, you send them to Blue Heaven. But if they don't know and they say where, the one place I got one of one thing I can see, what's your favorite? Oh, gosh. It's a good question. It's a real good question. You know, I think one of our hidden gems is the, uh, it, well, I would say, you know, as a member of the studios, that's a big thing. Yeah. The studios of Key West, that building is a special, special gem. Yeah. With when it comes to the arts. And next door, you've got Judy Bloom who will mm-hmm. sell you a book. And you got the theater across the, the street. Exactly. Um, so I would either say the Studios of Key West or actually the Custom House. That's nice. Those two are, they're really deep in the roots here. I like and that. They, 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 they give a lot back. All right. And then um, what about, let me see. Are there, are there's one more that's, oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. 
what is one thing that you are playing with, listening to, love it? It's the tip of the day. So it's really, it could be something philosophical. It could be a place people need to travel. It could be uh, a new wine that they should try at Mark's place. It could be um, anything, a new brush that you're using, a new type of oil you're dabbling, anything, a book. I, I gosh, I, I, for me, it's always the next painting. Hmm. No, but uh, what advice would you give to somebody else? I, a I tip for it, them. I guess what it goes back to is make sure you got something to look forward to tomorrow. Hmm. If you go to bed with nothing to look forward to the next day, it's harder to get up. Yeah. But if you're like, oh, I can't wait to get started on that, whether it might be your new drink or it might be your new brush and your main painting, whatever it might yeah. be. I mean, that's why I think I'm so hungry for the studio because it's like I look forward to it the day before. Yeah. And that goes towards events and other things as well. Right, 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 right. As long as, as, long as you've got something on the calendar for tomorrow, you're going to be all right. Yeah. Load the calendar up. Load it. And... um and uh, even if you have a really big goal, set little mini victories along yeah, the way absolutely. so that it's like, okay, I'm going to paint today, which means I'm not going to create a masterpiece. Maybe I'm just going to do a sketch. And that's a victory. I just said I was going to do something. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. And look at that. Your something turned into a livelihood. I appreciate the time. Yeah. Mark. Yeah. It was great. It was pleasure. great talking to you. And thank you for doing this. I mean, because yeah. I think the perception of Key West is... Uh, it needs a wider and more focused lens and you're doing that. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's the, the only purpose of the podcast is that people deserve to know uh, how much awesomeness is down here. And for the selfish reason for me, I'm getting to meet the most incredible people. So it's my pleasure. I'll keep doing it. Thank you. Hi, everyone. One last thing before you go. If you can, please leave a comment and rate the podcast in any of the apps that you listen to us in. It'll mean the world to us. That's it. Have a great day.